0: Hello, and welcome to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. In this weekly podcast, you'll be inspired and equipped through the power of God's Word to live an overcoming life. As we watch the evening news and read the paper, we may feel that the world is out of control. Perhaps even our lives feel out of control. But despite what we might see, God has a master plan. By understanding the special day that Jesus was resurrected on, we can have faith to trust Him with our future. And now for this week's message. Tomorrow, as you know, Palm Sunday. What a day that's going to be. We love Palm Sunday, and uh, we celebrate our Lord coming into Jerusalem. Uh, I've been there two, two times, and to go through the Kidron Valley, from the Mount of Olives, down to that valley and up in Jerusalem, it really is something. And to think about what Jesus did that day, it's amazing. Of course, they were celebrating him. He came in on a donkey. People were celebrating. And uh, you know what our, our Canada Day is like? Big deal, big celebration of the Canada Day parade and everybody's out here. Or think about when we have uh, the fireworks, how many people are downtown. That's what it's like in Jerusalem, packed with people, air of expectation, celebrations, and, you know, people are selling things and cheering, and it's, it's a great event. It was a parade. It happened on an annual basis, and he really enters into a parade. He rides on this donkey, and he comes into Jerusalem. He rides on a donkey. It's a picture of peace, not on a horse. The palm branches that are laid before him honor him, and so this is Palm Sunday. Now, it's interesting when Palm Sunday takes place it's taking place prior to Passover. If we go to the scriptures, we know that Passover was just a few days away and he enters in prior to Passover. Passover was a celebration of when they came out of Egypt and he's entering just before that. The Bible is amazing. I, I love God's word. The, the timing of this was incredible. And when we look at God's word, it's, uh, it's really something else. And I, when I see how in control God is, it gives me confidence in his word. You know, uh, when you're, when you're put to death, you know, and Jesus is going to be crucified, you can't pick your day. Yet Jesus would die precisely on the right day. And uh, when we see how God really is in control of things, it can give us confidence. Sometimes when you look at the world around you, you go, whew, things are out of control. We have a war going on here. We have a, you know, we've got a storm coming in here, and we've got the economy doing this. So it just feels like, like where is God in all this? Are things out of control? The disciples thought things were out of control, and Jesus reassured them. He gave them a scripture. John sixteen thirty three. he said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. You may have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He was the He's the one who made the world. He's overcome the world, and things are under control. The Lord has got a timetable, there's a timeline, he, he has a plan. And, and as much as there was a plan in the past when Jesus arrived, there's a plan for the future. And knowing how supernatural it was when our Lord came, died, and rose again can give us confidence. Sometimes we look at our own life, it feels like things are out of control. But God's there. Things are going to be okay. And this verse or this passage will help you understand that tonight. The Bible's amazing. Uh, I'm just going to grab my copy here. Uh, maybe you, you brought one of the, the old-fashioned kind. This is almost old-fashioned now to have it bound in leather because we have it electronically as well. You can. It really doesn't matter if it's electronic or it's the word that's alive, the spoken word that's alive. But there's 66 books in this one book. And uh, as you know, this year we're more devoted to God's Word. We're memorizing the Ten Commandments. We're going to be memorizing the books of the Bible and memorizing Scripture. And uh, so every, every week we're adding another one to learn and memorize. And, uh, but there's 66 books, 40 authors, you know, and uh, over a period of 1,500 years. And they, they put one book together. That's quite an accomplishment when you think about it. 1,500 years, and they're on uh, three different continents, three different languages, and uh, you have a, a variety of backgrounds. You've got a fisherman writing, you've got a doctor writing, you've got Moses writing, and you have all these different people writing, yet they put together a book that's in complete harmony. Now, just think how hard that is to do. I mean, they have a hard time putting James Bond movie together and making them all sync together, and they, can, they collaborate. These authors couldn't do that. They're on different continents, different time periods, different cultures, all the rest of it, but you come up with this amazing book that just dovetails together. It's really quite supernatural, this, this amazing book. And there's a day in this book that's really, 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 really special. And a number of years ago, I was reading a book by a scientist, and he... he, he 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 wrote about this special day. I haven't read anybody else write about it, but he wrote about a very special day that he discovered. He he was a scientist always looking for kind of neat things, and he said there is this very special day in the Bible. And it's the seventeenth day of the seventh month. That happens to be the day that Jesus rose again from the dead. And so it's interesting we know the day that he rose. So We want to look at that today. It's going to encourage your faith, and it's also going to help us understand Easter a little bit better. Jesus rose again on the 17th day of the seventh month on the Jewish calendar. Now, there's a few things we have to understand about this because they had different calendars. So let's go through a few points. It's in your notes to make it easy. But the Passover started while the Israelites were in Egypt. It occurred on the 14th day of the seventh month on their civil calendar, or the first month on the religious calendar. Okay, so they had two calendars. They had a civil calendar, like it would be our calendar, and then they had a religious calendar. Religious calendar, it's the first month. On the civil calendar, it's the seventh month. Two calendars. It could be a little bit confusing. So when you study this, you have to know that there's two calendars involved here, and that that makes it clearer. But they uh, exited Egypt on that seventh month in the seventh uh, in their civil calendar. They came out of Egypt. And uh, today we have different calendars. Do we have any Persians here tonight? Happy New Year to the Persians, uh, you know. And uh, I asked somebody, how do you say Happy New Year today? I asked Fari at the men's breakfast. How do you say Happy New Year? Now I'm going to try this, so please forgive me if I mess this up. nuruz Moborak something like that, yeah? So Happy, happy New Year to our Persians. We, uh, you know, <laughs> it's interesting. A number of years ago, 1999... I was in Nepal, and we were in a place called Duran Bazaar. It it really was Bazaar. It was a weird place. We were in Duran Bazaar, and we went there, and lo and behold... Now, 1999, if you'll remember, we had the Y2K scare. Remember that? The millennium bug and the computers were going to turn over. Everything was going to crash. And so 1999, I'm in Nepal, and I get there, and we're in this town, and the year is not 1999. All their calendars are saying it's the year 2055. Seriously. So I knew right then and there that Y2K was not going to be an issue because they had already gone through Y2K. There was no problem. The year is 2055. They have a different calendar, the Nepalese calendar, their their traditional calendar. I forget how to pronounce it, but they have their own calendar. So there's different calendars in different cultures. Of course, the calendar that we follow, uh, this March, April was the month that Jesus was raised from the dead. Again, the Jews had two calendars, religious calendar and a civil calendar. As you study this, you've got to remember these two calendars are working. Sometimes in the Bible you have one calendar, sometimes you have another calendar. Now, the Jews also, it's good to know, you have to understand this point, their day began at supper, not at midnight. When the sun went down, the next day started. We're used to midnight, new day, right? Theirs, when the sun went down, okay, now a new day starts. If you don't have that little tidbit, it's hard to understand the sequence of events. So there's just some groundwork we need to know. And then Jesus died on Passover. Remember, he's the Passover lamb, right? So doesn't it make sense he would die on Passover? That alone is pretty supernatural. How do you orchestrate it? I am the Passover lamb. By the way, Pilate, make sure you kill me on Passover. Any other day is not going to work, so let's make sure you do it on that day. But, folks, precisely on the 14th day of that month, Jesus died. It's a sacrificial lamb remember in egypt they had killed a lamb and they put the blood over the door right and so whoever had applied the blood of the lamb to the doorpost the death angel would what pass over that house and they would be spared so because we apply the blood of jesus to our life death passes over us he's the sacrificial lamb that's why, if you're new to Christianity, you go, what is this bit about the lamb? Like, how does this tie in? Here's this, this, this will help you understand the role of that sacrificial lamb. So this is when he dies. Now, at 9 o'clock in the morning, he's crucified, according to Mark 15, 25. At 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he dies. And he dies at the exact same time that the priest would sacrificially kill a lamb, and he fulfills prophecy to the hour. And when the priest would sacrifice that lamb, he would say, it is finished. What does Jesus say at the cross? It is finished. So, again, this is so precisely timed, this event, that he would die exactly at the right moment, and he would fulfill all those scriptures. We also need to know that he fulfilled a lot of other scriptures between his trial and resurrection. He fulfilled 32 prophecies. That alone could make a believer out of an unbeliever. The fact that he could fulfill 32 prophecies. I won't read all of them to you tonight, but just some of them that stand out because they're not self-fulfilling. You couldn't fulfill them yourself. For example, to be sold for 30 pieces of silver, you couldn't do that. To be nailed to a cross which was prophesied before there were crosses, that he'd be nailed to a tree. You can't self-fulfill that. You can't self-fulfill that you'd die between two thieves. Oh, by the way, Roman soldiers, make sure, scriptures say a a, a thief on either side, so make sure we get this right. No, these are not self-fulfilling prophecies. Uh, Another one was that his garments would be gambled for. Another prophecy is that not one bone would be broken. Another prophecy is that his side would be pierced. Another prophecy is that he'd be buried in a rich man's tomb. There's 32 of these specific prophecies. There's, there's not another religious book that has one self-fulfilling prophecy, uh, no, one uh, unself fulfilling, one prophecy that you don't fulfill yourself. The Bible in the Old Testament alone has 2,000 predictive prophecies. It's amazing. It's really an amazing book when you study it and you're, wow, I'm going to base my life on this. And uh, so this is our, we're going to go through seven cases of this day, the 17th day of the seventh month, the day Jesus was uh, raised from the dead. So this is case number one. If you're taking notes, Jesus was raised three days after Passover, right? Because he dies on Passover, the 14th day of that month. And he's raised three days after Passover on the 17th day of the seventh month. So that's our first case. We're going to find that there are seven cases. Now, I want to make out a point that Jesus wasn't resuscitated. He wasn't reincarnated. He was resurrected from the dead. There is a difference. He is the only person who has gone through death's door and is alive today. Nobody else has done that. The great Houdini. Some of you heard of great Houdini, he was uh, the master escape artist. And uh, he had escaped from all kinds of things. They had put him in water with his handcuffs on and straitjackets, and he could constantly amazed the world how he could escape. And he had all kinds of different routines that he did. This great escape artist, when he was in Montreal, it's a Canadian story, in Montreal, a student from McGill came up to Houdini and said, If I punch you in the stomach, how strong is your stomach? Could you handle it if I punch you in the stomach? And before Mr. Houdini had a chance to kind of brace himself, this student began to punch him in the stomach, and he had he was having stomach troubles as it was, and uh, that really set him up. He had appendicitis. He went on to do a show, went on to do another show in the U.S. after that. And then as he's dying, he tells his wife, you know, if I die... Um, there's a way to escape death, I will come back. On the anniversary of my death, I will be back. Look for me on the anniversary of my death. Well, for 10 years, she lights a candle by his picture, but guess what? Harry Houdini never showed up because he couldn't escape death. He could escape all kinds of other traps, but he could not escape death. But our Lord Jesus Christ, on the 17th day of the seventh month, he rose again from the dead. He's the only one who has conquered and defeated death. Our second case, let's go through some cases. This is going to amaze you. The second case, I'll show you a little video clip, because this particular video clip happened on the same day Jesus rose from the dead. You'll recognize it from a movie. you your families and your flocks. We must go with all speakers. Go where? To drown in the sea. How long will the fire hold Pharaoh back? Will it hold after this day, you shall see his chariots no more. No, you'll be dead yeah. under them. Oh, the Lord of Hosts will do battle for us. Behold his mighty hand. <laughs> The blast of his nostrils. Lead them through the midst of the waters. His will be done. He opens the waters before them, and he bars our way with fire. Let us go from this place. Men cannot fight against a god. Better to die in battle with a god than live in shame. Praise God and down into it! You recognize that movie, right? And uh, I guess our visual effects would be a little better today than there was back then. However, Egypt is a picture of coming out of the world of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's what Egypt's a picture of. And here God took them out of slavery. We were once enslaved to the powers of darkness. And we were taken out of slavery into freedom. It's a picture of coming out of slavery to freedom. If you go to the book of Numbers... And if you study it carefully, guess what? You'll find out they crossed through the Red Sea on the same day that Jesus was raised from the dead. You think that's an accident? I don't think so. I think God's in control. The odds of that happening are huge. Huge. Now, in the same way Colossians 2.15 says, God disarmed the evil rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross of Christ. The enemy there in that movie, remember, they or not in the movie, in, in the story, they come and they come into that sea and the sea swallows them up and Pharaoh is drowned in the sea and he's defeated. At the cross, Jesus Christ defeated the powers of darkness. Interesting, the same day that he would rise again. It's the same day they were defeated. Now, a fourth, the third case is the Israelites happened to come into Egypt on exactly the same day. And I give you the scriptures for that, Exodus chapter 12, 14 and 41. The fourth case is Joshua was assured the victory over Jericho on the exact same day by the commander of the Lord's army. Remember when they went into the promised land, they came up against a city called Jericho. And if you've been to Jericho, you can go there. You can see the walls, and they'll tell you, here are the walls. And they fell down, and uh, the studies will show that this event took place. And at that time, when they crossed over there, the commander of the Lord's army, which we know was to be an appearance of Christ before, he, before the New Testament, he always was. And we have what's called the Christophany, where Christ appears in the Old Testament. And he says to Joshua, you're going to overtake this city. You're going to march around it for seven days and you will win the battle. The battle really was won before the seven days. The battle was won when the commander of the Lord's army told Joshua, you're going to win this battle. I don't think it's by accident that it's the same day that Jesus rose from the dead, the same day that the cross through there. It's like the same day appearing again in the Bible. Likewise, we read, They had been given victory over the enemy. All they had to do was enforce that victory. Do you know that Jesus has given us victory over the powers of darkness? He said, I spoil principalities and powers. I have defeated them. Whatever, you know, it says very clearly, and even in that great commission, in my name you shall cast out devils. You have authority over them. Now go do it. He has been taken. The city's been taken. Now you just have to go and enforce the defeat. Not an accident, I don't think. Romans eight thirty seven says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. The commander of the Lord's army would say tonight, overwhelming victory is ours through Jesus Christ. Or 1 John 5, 4, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So Christ has given us victory. Just like he appeared to Joshua and said, the victory is yours, now go. God's saying to you, the victory is won, now go. in the victory that's been won for you through Christ. So that's the fourth case, the same day. The fifth case, Hezekiah purified the temple on this special day, and it was used again for worship. Do you know that uh, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit? And how many of you know when you were in darkness, did you put a lot of junk in your life like I did? I had a lot of junk in my life. I put junk in my heart, put junk in my life. Ashamed of the things really that I did. But when I met Jesus, I got a new heart. He cleansed me. He washed me. He made me new. And no longer did I do what I, want, what I did before, but now I want to worship God from a new heart. I don't think it's by accident that Hezekiah cleaned up the temple and dedicated it on the exact same day that Jesus rose again from the dead. This is after... King Saul, this is after King David. This is after Solomon. Solomon had two sons. Israel got divided to the north and the south. The south was Judah. Jerusalem was there. The kings had been wicked. Ahaz had taken all the gold and stuff out of the temple and sold it so he wouldn't get attacked. And his son comes along. He's only 25 years old. His name's Hezekiah, 25-year-old king. 25, you know, 25-year-olds can do great things for God. Teenagers can do great things for God. This 25-year-old stands up and says, wait a minute, something's wrong with this picture. I want to worship God in the temple. And right now it's being used as a garbage dump. And we're going to clean it out and we're going to have worship here in the temple again. And when I came to God, he said, wait a minute, this is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And he cleaned the garbage out of my life. And God, now I could worship God with all my heart. We came out of Egypt into a new land, but he cleans us, and out of our heart comes worship. I don't think it's by accident that this event happens on the same day that Jesus is raised from the dead. Look at your notes, 2 Corinthians chapter 6.16. And what union can there between God's temple and idols? For you are God's temple, the home of the living God. And God has said of you, I will be in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. You could put your hand on your heart today and just say, the living God, the Holy Spirit lives in me. He took away the junk. He took away the garbage. He purified my heart. I'm a new person in Christ. Old things have passed away. Everything's become new. And now I want to use my life to worship God. How is that possible? I'll tell you how it's possible. Because the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, he conquered death. He made us a new person. And he poured his spirit on the inside of us. Ooh, man, this is an amazing book. What are the odds, folks, of this happening on the same day over all these periods of time? This is supernatural. Woo! All right, can I give you another one? Case number six Great story of Esther. We find that the evil plot of Haman backfires as he's hung, guess what? On the exact same day. What are the odds? You know the story of Esther. Esther, beautiful young lady. She lives in a country, not their own, taken captive there. The king has a beautiful wife named Vashti. He asks Vashti, come out and dance. They've been drinking too much. Vashti says, not a chance. Not going to dance for you, king. I don't care. That doesn't go very good. So the king has to banish her. So then he has a beauty pageant. Esther wins a beauty pageant. You can watch it in a movie, One Night with the King, right? And it's a great movie. It tells the whole story. It'd be worth watching. If you haven't seen it or read the book, read it. It's an amazing story. She wins a beauty pageant. She's chosen. She has an uncle, Mordecai. And the king's right-hand man by the name of Haman hates Mordecai because Mordecai doesn't bow down to him. And so he wants to get rid of all the Jews because of it. Mordecai intervenes, the uncle intervenes, and he gets to Esther's. Esther, you got to do something about this. And so she has a special supper set up. The king, meanwhile, says, you know what? One time there was this guy who saved my life. What was his name? Go to, book. Go to the books and check it. Oh, it's Mordecai. So he asks Haman, Haman, what would you do for a guy who did such and such? Haman thinks they're talking about him. He says, ooh, Man, if you did that, you should put him on a horse, parade him around town, put on a, the king's robe and really treat him nice. He's all oh, good, do that for Mordecai. Oh, do it for Mordecai? I thought you were talking about me. So now Haman, he's so humiliated, he has to lead Mordecai around. He goes to Esther's place for the meal, and as you read the rest of the story, he had built gallows. He was going to hang Mordecai. He had his death all plotted, and guess who hangs instead? Haman does instead. You know, the Bible tells us, it's in your notes, 1 Corinthians 2, none of the rulers of this age of the world perceived and recognized and understood this, for if they had, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Just like Haman's plan backfired, Satan's plan backfired. He thought he had Jesus. He thought when he had nailed him to the tree and he thought he had crucified him, he put him in the grave, he's got soldiers guarding it, that's it, I'm rid of Jesus. But no. On the third day, he busts loose from the grave, and Satan's plan backfired. Haman's plan backfired on the same day. I don't think it's by accident that this thing happened on the same day. All right. The last case, this is going to shock you. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to be surprised. You're going to be surprised. I was surprised when I found this. God, you've got to be kidding I love when I see stuff in the Bible, just, whoa, God, how could that be? Here it is, case number seven. Noah landed the ark on Mount Ararat on the exact same day. Oh, yeah, that's a, what? The same day. Why would God even bother recording it? Look at your notes, Genesis 8:4. Then the ark rested on the seventh month, the 17th day of the month, on the mountains of Ararat, of all the days. Why, why even put that in? It could be a throwaway line, but it's not. It's the same day that Jesus rose again from the grave. The Bible says he rested. He finished his work and he rested. And that ark came to rest on Mount Ararat. The ark is a picture of Christ. Judgment had to come. Judgment will come again. But we are safe from judgment if we're in the ark. And we are hidden in Christ. The judgment waters cannot penetrate the boat because it's sealed with this pitch, this tar. And the judgment waters cannot touch you because you've been sealed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You came in through one door. The ark had one door. It makes sense to have 20 doors to get all the animals in. But there was one door. And there's only one way to God. And that is through Jesus Christ. Amazing. And it says that Noah found Grace in the eyes of the Lord. How did Noah come in? By grace. How do you come in? By grace. Not by your works. You come in through one door by grace. And we're here in this ark, which happened to rest on the exact same day. Can you believe it? That Jesus rose again. Seven cases, the number seven representing completion. It's a special number in the Bible, it's a special day in the Bible. And we're going to Easter week. I want you to know the resurrection really happened. It happened right on time. It fulfilled a bunch of prophecies. It's a supernatural day. And when you embrace Jesus as Lord and Savior, something takes place in your heart, and you're never, ever the same. Hallelujah. You become a temple of the Holy Spirit. Old things pass away. Garbage is removed, and his spirit is poured into your life. Wow. Wow. You might be here tonight, and you've never had that. Boy, this would be the greatest Easter you've ever had. And you could have that tonight simply by praying, say, God, I receive what you have for me. You don't do it by works. You do it by grace. And tonight, he'd love to come into your life. Thanks so much for listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. We hope that today's message has inspired you to live a life fully devoted to following Christ. Be sure to check out our website for other ways to watch, listen, or share this message. For more information, go to coastalchurch.org.